Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the second day of March 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder Jock Peterson and Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin. You know, I, I really make a, a strong effort to keep my personal life out of this podcast. If I'm going through stuff, if I'm going through tension, if I'm going through things, I, I, I try to have this just be a fun place, a respite for not, not just you, but for me. You know, there's stuff that goes on in your pal Sully's life, and, you know, not all of it's great. You know, I, I sometimes it seeps in. You know, sometimes I can't help it because I don't stick to baseball because baseball doesn't stick to baseball, as I said a few weeks ago, that sometimes it, inter- it intertwines. But, you know, like when I had uh, two of my cousins died last year, you know, like, within weeks of each other and I wanted to talk about it not in terms of telling you what I think about Mary Ellen or what I think about Michael Sullivan just that it's but more about the underrated effects of our lives that cousins spend but for the most part I've treated this podcast as a place for me to just sort of go into a deep dive and hopefully for those of you who listen to the podcast and are here all the time you know, I hope that it's, I hope that's a respite too. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And we need, we need to, you know, you can't be completely distracted. You have to try to fight for the world that you want. And you have to, it, everything can't be a distraction in your life. But at the same time, not everything can be super serious. You know, I got very upset when I started saying, I, this, this happens every damn year, that you know the, the Academy Awards went on. Of course, this Academy Awards was bananas. And I saw people say, you know, people are so worried about the Academy Awards and this, and what they're meaningless, you should be thinking about things in your, you know, going on in the world today. Shut up. Everyone has something in their life that is a respite to escape. And if you don't, you're a liar. Everyone does. Everyone has something. Whether it's baseball, whether it's music, whether it's reading, whether it's quilting, whether it's, I don't know, long distance running or cooking. Everyone has something that they do that in the end doesn't really matter. In the end, baseball doesn't really matter in my life. It's not what puts food on my table. You know, when the Red Sox won the World Series, I didn't suddenly get a check. If I stopped watching baseball, my life would go on ostensibly the same way. There would just be something that gives me joy taken out of it. And everyone has that. It's the reason one of the, one of the podcasts I did my first year was I, I trashed people who were trashing the interest in the royal baby. When uh, 
what's his name? Prince William and 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 Princess Sarah. I can't remember their names. Forgive me. I'm not. I'm not a big royal guy. The only royals I'm interested in are led by, you know, they're, they're in Kansas City right now. You know, that's the only royals I'm interested. In. But there are people who are super into it, and people would write back, oh. Why, why are you so into a bunch of rich people? They're babies every day. Shut up. They're into the royal family. That's their thing. I don't get it either. But I'm sure they don't get baseball, and there's something you do that is a distraction. But there's something that we tend to forget sometimes. We tend to forget that these agents of distraction, these vessels of the respite that is baseball are human beings as well. When we reduce players to their numbers, their their averages, their war, their their VORP, their VIP, their VOOP, their OPS plus, their ERA minus. I don't know if ERA minus is a stat, but I'm sure it is somewhere. Their wins probability added. <clears throat> you know, the human element of baseball is something that the statisticians and the sabermetrics crowd tend to poo-poo and the traditional and scouting crowd tend to overvalue. There is probably a middle ground. Uh, now, by the way, I wanted to say one thing. Uh, this is completely tangential, but what the hell, it's my podcast. I'm not going to say the you know, reality lies somewhere in the middle. I think that's a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous notion that we have in our society today. It's like this person says this, that person says that. Well, the reality is probably somewhere in the middle. Not always. Sometimes the reality is on one side or another. If I say I believe the world is round and someone says the world is flat, you don't say, well, you know, there are two opinions. The reality is somewhere in the middle. Maybe the earth is just curved. You know, there's, you know, when you talk about like civil rights or, or scientific notions, you know, the reality isn't always in the middle. Sometimes it's on one side or the other and can be demonstrably demonstrated, which I think is redundant to say demonstrably demonstrated because demonstrably is part of demonstrate. All right, let's move on. But I think here the difference, it may not be one side or the other, maybe the humanity and maybe the emotions that a player goes through is overrated by the you know the the traditional crowd but probably shouldn't be totally discounted because it's that weird thing that when you start breaking down a player doing this or a player doing that or this person belongs here that person belongs there and then you hear something and it's like, oh, wait, that's reality. Oh, something really real is happening and affecting a player and affecting who they are and where they are. i tell you what prompted this is I saw that Jake Peavy is unsigned. Now, Jake Peavy won a Cy Young Award, what, 10 years ago when he was a member of the San Diego Padres. And he's had a nice career. It's a nice career. You know, he's had some very, very good years. He's had some mediocre years. He's gone to the playoffs as a member of the San Diego Padres. 
and holds many records, team records, as a pitcher for the San Diego Padres, as I said, won the Cy Young Award, pitched for the Chicago White Sox, found himself as a member of the Boston Red Sox in a complicated three-team deal, of which he was part of the Boston Strong team. He was a starting pitcher on the team that won the World Series in 2013. So as a Boston Red Sox fan, I salute him as a world champion Red Sox. But there's more. He went over the very next year and became one of those rare players to win back to, to win World Series in back-to-back seasons with two different franchises. And they happen to be my two favorite teams, the Red Sox and the San Francisco Giants. So look at that. And he, and he actually pitched better with San Francisco, where he was reunited with his former manager at San Diego, Mr. Bruce Bochy. And I call him Mr. Bruce Bochy because he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And wound up being, what, the number three or four starter for the Giants when they beat Kansas City in the World Series. Now, he didn't have a particularly good year last year. And I saw that he was a free agent. And my first 10 thoughts were like, well, you know what? I wonder if he's going to be a guy who is going to be, you know, I talked about Joe Blanton the other day. Is he going to be someone who reinvents himself as a relief pitcher? Is he going to be someone who you look at and you go like, oh, look at that. He's, uh, he's hanging on as a spot starter. I thought, it's interesting. He's not signed. I thought, oh, maybe he's sort of waiting in the wings. You know, like when a team goes through spring training and all of a sudden they have a bunch of injuries. I think, damn it, we need, we need to sign someone quick. Well, Jake Peavy is still there, so you take a flyer on him. Or maybe he's got a big old tryout or something like that. I don't know. And I thought about all those scenarios. But then I read an article and it was saying that he's going through a very bad divorce right now. And he has several sons and he wants to be with his kids in this awkward and trying time in his life. And I kind of stopped. I thought, man, that did not enter my cranium in terms of what the hell is going on in Jake Peavy's life. I was thinking about him basically as a baseball card. He's a player. He has stats on the back of his baseball card. He is an agent of distraction. And yet, real life has caught up to Jake Peavy, and he's going through a bad divorce. Now, I don't know what happened. I know many people have gotten divorces. Most, you know, almost everyone I know who got married in their 20s got a, has been divorced. And, and you know, uh, by the grace of the universe, i got to say that because I'm an atheist. I can't say by the grace of God. But by the grace of the universe, I hope I never experience that. I hope I never go through that. You know, because I have kids as well. And that must be everyone I know who's gone through a divorce, especially when children are involved. Yeah, that's overwhelming. And you're like, well, wait a minute, Jake, that's not supposed to happen to you. you you're a, a multimillionaire. I don't know about much of that he's going to keep. He's got a Cy Young on his mantle. And he's in his mid-30s. He's clearly on the downside of his career. So how many more multi-million dollar paydays does Jake Peavy have 
But he's going through this. And he said he wouldn't miss this in a million years. He needs to be with his sons. And that, when you see the people who are there to distract you experiencing real life, that to me is is an unbelievable what you know what that must be going through but it's also it throws a wrench into how i think about the world of baseball because reality is not supposed to touch them but it does and it happens you know you hear about horrible tragedies of you know poor pat nishek who's a former Twins and A's pitcher. I think he's with the Cardinals now. He's one of those relievers who hops around. Very good pitchers. Have, you know, made the all-star team one year. His son died. His son died. I mean, I can you fathom that? I mean, I hope you can't. I certainly can't. How do you even move on? How do you stand on a pitcher's mound and throw a pitch without ever happening? You know, and you hear about J.D. Drew's first year with the Red Sox. Oh, I did not want J.D. Drew. As a Boston Red Sox fan, I did not want J.D. Drew. I thought he was a whiner. I thought he was a prima donna. I thought he was always injured. I wanted no part of him. I was holding candlelight vigils to have him not be part of the Red Sox. And then his first year in Boston, he was a big disappointment. And then you started finding out about his son was in the hospital going through this terrible ordeal. I think it was something like he was like in a full body cast or something horrible going on. And, you know, there are times I'm like, geez, did I, was I late paying the cable bill? And that distracts me at work. To be coming up there and knowing that your son is in danger. And you don't, put, you don't equate that. It's not something that enters how you evaluate a player. Because these are cartoon characters. They're comic book characters. But they're not. It's real. They're real people. You know, Wade Boggs' mother dies in the middle of the season one year, and he's going through a terrible very public affair being, you know, thrown across the tabloids another year. You know, the, the when you hear about, like, you know, what happened with Frank Torrey and how does that affect Joe Torrey, you know, these are the elements of being part of a distraction industry that you almost have to say, wow, I can't... I, I'm not supposed to equate that. Wilson Ramos was kidnapped. Kidnapped. If you read what happened to him, that's a, that's a, it's like a episode of 24. Is Venezuela was kidnapped? It was held for ransom. I mean, I mean. I mean, I get shaken up. It's like, oh, I have to go to the DMV. I called for jury duty. He was goddamn kidnapped. 
And then it's like, now later it's in this crouch holding his glove up. Tries, okay, should Strasburg throw a curveball? Should he throw a changeup? I was kidnapped. I mean, I, I, that's one of those things. Being kidnapped is one of those, those things that you, that you don't realize how terrifying the concept is because you see it in a movie. You see, like, you know, Tony Stark being kidnapped in Iron Man or whatever it is. You, you, you don't think about that happening in reality, but that happened. You know, Wilson Ramos, what is it, with Tampa now? I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, that happened to him. And so you look at when you see players who have gone through some of these ordeals, whether it's Drew, whether it's Nishek, whether it's Ramos, you're like, I don't know where you get your strength from. You know? When you hear about the Cuban players who escaped via a raft. I remember when, uh, I may have told this story on, a, on this podcast before, but when El Duque Hernandez won game three of the league championship series in 1998, which was his first postseason victory, and a very cold night. And it was a, it was a must-win game for the Yankees because they were down 2-1 to Cleveland in that league championship series. And a reporter was asking him through the interpreter, because at that point El Duque spoke virtually no English. You know, so was, you know, you... What was it like? You know, it was an early trouble that he was in. He was the Indians were like they were getting to him early, and it was a very cold night. He said, "Are you used to pitching in cold weather?" And he said, "I'm like, oh, I pitched in Toronto. I pitched this game in Boston. It was cold there, cold there." And he paused and he said, "And it was cold on the raft too, because he was on a damn raft, floating, with away from Cuba, and you know who knows what's on the open water there." You know, and, and kind of putting things in perspective. Yeah, it's scary facing a lineup when the 98 Indians with Kenny Lofton and David Justice with Jim Tomey and Manny Ramirez. Yeah, that's scary. Do you know what's scarier? Sharks. Waves. The tide. I don't care how deep Manny Ramirez took you. He won't eat you. Now, I picked Manny Ramirez because I'm sure some of you will wonder, maybe he would, but no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't totally consume you like a shark. But real life, you don't think of players in real life. Maybe we should. Maybe we'd have a better understanding. Maybe we have a deeper appreciation. I don't know what's going on with Jake Peavy. I don't know why he's getting divorced. I know many people who've gotten divorced in their life, and very rarely it's been because of someone evil. You know, it's usually been because two people got married young, and they're different people now. I don't know what happened. I hope that it is, it resolves in the most mature and and, and amicable, or at least with the children in mind, I don't know Jake Peavy. He's someone who I've always liked, especially because of the teams he's won with. But then you get this little notice that, you know what? Yeah, he wore those uniforms. Yeah, he pitched on those championship teams. Yeah, he's got a Cy Young Award. Yeah. He makes millions and millions of dollars. 
But no, not everything goes his way. There's a story, I'll leave you on this, about Don Larson. Don Larson was a journeyman pitcher. You look at the back of his baseball card, he played for the here, played for there, got kicked around here and there and everywhere. But he's a Yankee legend for one reason. He pitched a perfect game in the World Series. The only perfect game in World Series history, and there's only been one other no-hitter in postseason series, and that was Roy Halladay, which was not a perfect game. And because of that, he is etched in stone as a Yankee immortal, even though he was only a Yankee for a small amount of time. It was a three or four, number three or four starter at best. And the day he threw his perfect game was the day that he cemented himself in baseball history and probably has a more recognizable name than some people who are in the Hall of Fame and certainly is remembered and and brought up every time anyone has a no-hitter late in a postseason game. On that day, he threw his perfect game. On that day, he stood on the mountaintop and became an immortal. He was handed papers for his divorce. When you think of it, I don't know how he felt about his marriage or anything like that. When you talk about what I said earlier about the truth is somewhere in the middle, that may be the case for him. The day Don Larson threw his no-hitter, I could ask him, hey, how was your day? He would say, well, some good parts and some bad parts. In the end, mediocre. Because that's an issue where the truth did lie somewhere in the middle. So remember that. When you cheer and boo a player, you say, what the hell is the matter with them? They're not baseball cards. They're actually human beings, as am I. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Talking about the humanity and trying to figure out what happens when the people who are the agents of distraction need some distracting themselves. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the second day of March, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.